This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. And we're back just uh, about 11 minutes away from a news update on the other side in hour three. We'll be joined by the former premier and finance minister, Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, who's got a wonderful story of how uh, they saved the GM plant in Oshawa on a prior occasion when the company uh, threatened to pull up stakes. It, it, it involved welding the doors shut. Uh, so we'll hear directly from Buzz and Catherine oh. Swift will join us as well. You remember that, Peter I remember Tavitz. that. It keeps the machinery inside. Well, there you go. I mean, that was Buzz. Uh, extreme times, extreme measures, and so on and so forth. Well, we're living in extreme times here in Toronto, too. It seems there's a housing crisis. Uh, and insofar as uh, that's concerned, I've got, this is the cost-benefit analysis component. Uh, Canada took in a record 413,000 people from abroad in the year through July 1. 100,000 of those immigrants have landed in Toronto in the past year. And yet... We haven't increased substantially, infrastructure certainly not, uh, and housing, and we know that this puts pressure and stress. We've seen 47% of the avails in our uh, shelter system are taken up by refugee claimants or asylum seekers and so on and so forth. Uh, but my question here, and I'll ask you, Tabins, because you know you're the guy into the cost-benefit analysis, if we're doing this and we're creating an issue that there's uh, an undersupplier, maybe we can't afford to take in as many people as we're taking in. You raise a good question because it's a big issue, John. Uh, we've actually benefited, I think, in the GTA, the GTHA, by the growth in our population. I think that's part of the reason that the How the have economy, we benefited just specifically? It, it's, it's built up the market and it's built up the availability of skills. I, I think a lot of the prosperity in this region is because we have been growing. But you raise a good point. There needs to be more investment in infrastructure. There needs to be more investment in housing. Uh, and the other thing we need is rent control so that people aren't driven out of the apartments they're in now. That's becoming a big issue in my writing, where landlords see the opportunity to drive tenants out and reset the rent 500 bucks more, more per month. Well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, in this article in Bloomberg, uh, they quote the CEO of Rio Can REIT, Ed Sonshine, who's uh, saying they're interested in getting into the market of uh, purpose-built apartments and yeah. so on. But government incentives need to be higher. In other words, uh, help us out here. And that includes lifting regulation and red tape like rent control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I disagree with him. The, oh. the reality... The rea he's the builder. I know, I know you're shocked. I know well, you're shocked. Well, but, no, but he's the guy who's got uh, the capital at stake here. Yeah. He's the one who's going to build or develop. But the reality is that the Tories put in place regulations so that new buildings wouldn't have rent control on them under Mike Harris. We went through 20 years with no rent controls on new buildings and virtually no new rent control buildings were built. Mm -hmm. No, sorry, virtually no new apartment buildings were built. So that's just, okay. that's just junk. But here's, yeah, I think it's a bit laughable to say that removing rent controls in this province is what's going to make housing more affordable for people. That's well, an right. outrageous statement. My, my original question, though, was whether or not we ought to turn off the taps of, you know, 413,000, a quarter of whom settle in Toronto. That's an unsustainable number, isn't it? No, I, I think that Canada's economic success and this region's economic success is directly tied to uh, our rate of immigration. Uh, there, there's no question about that. What I think needs to be fixed is zoning rules across the region. Uh, we do not do enough uh, to encourage intent, uh, densification uh, in our, across our region. We need density. We need people living in uh, more dense spaces. We incent builders uh, to develop sprawling uh, single occupancy family homes 
uh, across the region. Uh, I live in a condo downtown, uh, and and I'm not saying that that tall of a condo building should be in every part of this region, uh, but I also don't think that it's always been there. You know, it used to be single occupancy family homes in my neighborhood, and now thousands more people live in the same uh, geography. All right, let me ask Kristen, because mm-hmm. you were uh, representing up until recently Ward 16, Eglinton Lawrence, and that's, you know, one of those uh, major thoroughfares. Both mm-hmm. are actually where development could take place on subway hubs and uh, transit hubs and things. So do you think that's the solution or uh, maybe lowering the number of folks who come in and put stresses on everything from social services to uh, housing? I I think uh, we have a problem in this city where, or in this country where, you know, people are coming in and it's, uh, they're going to the big cities and they're coming to Toronto and we cannot, we're at capacity in Toronto to take in uh, uh, people. We have a big problem with the refugees going into the shelters and there's nowhere for those people to go. Um, Going back to the rent control issue, Kathleen Wynne brought in a whole bunch of controls when when she was in, and uh, we lost 7,000 purpose-built rental units um, approximately after that announcement was made. We have made, been building r- purpose-built rental in the city. In my area, we have a few purpose-built rentals that were built during my time, and um, and developers do want to build, um, but it's making sure that the incentives are there to make them build. It is exceedingly more expensive to build in this city, um, not just from a development charge or, or infrastructure charge uh, standpoint, but from a, uh, you know, the trades, they're charging more, they're, mm-hmm. those costs are going up exponentially. So developers are saying, we need more to be able to build what we need in the city. And it, it's not a you know, here's a magic one. One thing will fix everything. And there's a bunch of different areas that we need to look at uh, to fix this problem. Well, I think I, it's I, a tough time to be a developer in this region, though. I, like, I, I don't think that developers are hurting. And I think if you look across the region, I'd love to see uh, a single developer that can put up their hand and say, I made less money la- uh, this Dan, year than I did part of the problem, year. and I talked to a developer about this yesterday, uh, when you've got high development fees and all the rest, I mean, to bring the pipe in, you know, and all the facilities and so on and so forth, no, they've got to pass those on, or they will ultimately. You might say, yeah, they're making uh, money hand over fist, but they are passing those costs on to the purchaser, and that's where the affordability crisis is exacerbated. Am I well, wrong, Tabins? Well, I'm not sure that you're right, John. I think part of the problem here, and that's we discussed it in the break, was uh, one of the things that drove up prices in Vancouver was money laundering, was uh, people using re- the real estate market to clean up their dollars so they couldn't be traced to criminal activity. That's something that, Vancouver actually started some work on, needs to do more on, and we need to look at here in this city. Part of the problem I've seen uh, with new developers in suburban areas is they buy land up really cheap, uh, land that, frankly, probably is too far away from services to be economically developable. Um, They sell the land at a much higher cost to the ultimate homeowners, and cities get stuck with the cost of servicing. So to say that it's all just the cost of servicing is not a fair analysis, frankly. I think the the bigger problem is, Dan's right, we need to have higher density overall, um, and we need to stop sprawl because that's killing us in terms of cost of infrastructure. It's very, very difficult to service. And we need to be looking at problems like money laundering and seeing how they actually drive up costs. Well, there is, I think, a movement afoot to uh, implement some kind of transparency act 
so that you know who's actually purchased the property because right now it's done anonymously in a lot of cases. Right. You know, shell yeah. companies or sheltered yeah. Uh, yeah. corporations, offshore kind of entities and so on and so forth. Uh, we run out of time. I wish we had more of it because I've only got 16, 17 more issues or topics <laughs> worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Uh, there you go. So I appreciate uh, you all. tempting, but never delivering. Come <laughs> <Really>? on. <laughs> the tease continues next Wednesday. Thank you all. Dan Moulton, Peter Tabbins, Kristen Carmichael, Greb. We'll see you next week. Thanks, John. We'll get to the news in just a moment. On the other side, Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove, Catherine Swift weighing in on a variety of issues that uh, will also include, of course, the inevitable GM closure and what can be done to maybe salvage things on that front. Oakland Show continues at Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.